Hello, ladies. Welcome to another episode of Taking Care of Your Temple podcast. We are talking today about kindness. In fact, the name of this episode is Kindness Counts. And this is episode 24. We are really getting up there. So I am want to tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, I kind of do this periodically. I am the oldest of five children. So I am really good at telling people what to do. And kindness is something that I kind of do it naturally, but there are times when I really have to remind myself to be kind. So this is a good one for me as well. And I want to talk a little bit about this, what this podcast is doing, as I always do. The object of this podcast is to help women connect to God regularly by using his strength, power, grace, might, goodness, wisdom, all of those things to help improve their physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. And we do this by following four different principles. And I say women. I know I have some male listeners as well, and that's totally fine. You guys are also welcome. It is aimed primarily at women, though, because that's obviously what I know best. The first way that we do this is we keep our focus on God. And y'all, I, I always say this, this sounds so easy, but it is such an ongoing process. I mean, I just feel like I repeatedly have to pull myself back, pull myself back because I get off track so easily. I get distracted and I start chasing rabbits. And then I realize, wait, I was over here and now I'm way over here. How did this happen? And I have to keep pulling myself back, keep keeping my focus on God, block out the distractions, keep moving forward. Next, at some point, we really need to acknowledge that we're not enough on our own. This is kind of an easy one for me because <laughs> I have made so many mistakes that I realized that was really not a smart thing to do. And maybe if I had prayed about that first, instead of acting first, which is what I tended to do growing up, I was uh, like in my 20s through my 40s, I was like, I would act first and then ask God to bless it. That's not really the best way to do it, I promise. Um, so I've learned that I need God's help. I, I can't really do it by my own, uh, by my own strength, by my own power. Then we need to remember it is about progress, not perfection. Thankfully, God does not expect or require us to be perfect. He wants us to keep learning. He wants us to keep moving forward. And then we need to work on consciously changing our thoughts. And I always include this one because our thoughts are so powerful. And the messages that we give ourselves really shape how we think, how we act, how we feel, everything. And so, y'all, if you are constantly giving yourself negative messages and you are just beating yourself up for whatever it is that you're doing or not doing, it's not helpful. It really isn't. You need to learn to change that. I found a verse for this podcast, and this is one that um, probably should have found in the beginning, but I just recently stumbled across and thought, oh, this is a good one for the podcast. And it is 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? We are part of God's temple. We're not God's temple all by ourselves, but we are part of the body of believers that make up God's temple. And his spirit is in us. So we need to act that way. So let's go ahead and have a quick prayer, and then we will get going on the podcast material. Lord, I just want to thank you so much for giving me this platform. I ask your blessing on the uh, people who are listening to this, and I pray that the words that I speak will be helpful to them. I ask that your Holy Spirit will work in their lives 
and help them to really make the changes that they need to make to glorify you. Amen. Okay, so my goal is to do this podcast weekly, so far so good, and to give you all some good tools and tips, some really helpful things that will help you feel and function better. Sometimes I will have guests on the podcast. I think I have one next week. This week, it is just me. So when I was thinking about kindness, I thought, you know, I think I know what kindness is, but let's look up the definition. Here's what I found. Kindness is a type of behavior marked by acts of generosity, consideration, rendering assistance, or concern for others without expecting praise or reward in return. Kindness is a topic of interest in philosophy, religion, and psychology. I love this last sentence. Kindness was one of the main focuses in the Bible. That was from Wikipedia. I mean, how cool is that? Yes, Kindness is throughout the Bible. So if no other reason for that, then then that we should really strive to practice kindness. So I want to talk a little bit about the opposite side. When someone is unkind to you, when they are rude and hateful and hurtful, how do you feel when that happens? When they act unkindly toward you, and unfortunately it happens, how does that make you feel? Odds are, you may feel any combination of the following, hurt, betrayed, misunderstood, disrespected, angry, or this is a very common one, like you want to get them back. You want revenge. That's a very common attitude. So since unkindness happens a lot, and I kind of want to be like that old TV show. I know I'm dating myself where uh, the lady had the magic mirror and she was looking through you to see people. How many of you have never had someone be unkind to you? Raise your hand. Yeah, I see no hands raised because we've all had people do that. It happens. So how do we respond to it when it does? All right, here are some pointers. One is don't pass it on. Unkindness can be contagious. They can be mean to us. We want to be mean back and then it spirals and escalates. So instead, take a deep breath, count to 10 before you respond Don't say or do something that you will regret later. Because ladies, once you've said it, once you've done this, it is out there. You cannot take it back. So think about it. Try not to respond in kind. Next, don't take it personally. You may just be catching someone at the end of a really horrible day. And the way they're acting may not be typical for them. So give them a little grace. Cut them a little slack. Now, if they act this way habitually, that is a different story. And I will address that a little bit later on in the podcast. So another thing that you can do, I love this one because I've done this before. Kill them with kindness. Don't let a rude person cause you to respond in the same hurtful, rude way. One of the best ways to diffuse unkind behavior is for you to stay friendly and positive. This gives the other person a chance to calm down and to kind of adjust their behavior to match yours. Kindness can be a wonderful antidote to rudeness. And I've done this before and had people, I can see they're they're like visibly switching gears mentally and realize what they've done. And I've had people apologize. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. That was uncalled for. it's just that things have been piling up. I'm like, okay, it's all right. I get it. But a lot of times if we don't bite back, 
the way we feel like doing, they will kind of figure it out themselves that, okay, this was inappropriate and I shouldn't have done that. I love this verse. You know, I was trying to remember the verse of heaping coals of fire on their head. There's a verse in the Bible about that. Well, I found it in God's word translation, which I really like better. If your enemy is hungry, give him some food to eat. If he is thirsty, give him some water to drink. In this way, you will make him feel guilty and ashamed, and the Lord will reward you. And it's true. It really does tend to happen. They realize what they've done, and they feel bad, and, and they apologize, and, you know, you end up looking really good. And that is, by the way, Proverbs 25, 21, and 22. Another thing that I've also done a lot is use humor to diffuse the situation. Humor is the great de-stressor. Now, I'm talking about humor, not sarcasm, not mean humor, but just humor, where you can laugh at yourself or the situation, not necessarily at them. And inserting a little humor can really make everybody loosen up a bit, and it can kind of help set the reset button for the whole thing so that you can start over. And a lot of times, just a little laughter really clears the air. So that's that's a good one to keep in mind. Now, if this is habitual behavior, like I said before, if this is kind of their normal, then you probably do need to call them out on it. When you do it, be direct, stay calm. Don't start pointing fingers and everything. They may not realize how hurtful their behavior is. So they might, however. But if you habitually let people get away with being rude and and hurtful, it's not good for them and it's certainly not good for you. So you may need to, as I said, be very direct, stay calm. And you may say something like, you know, when you raise your voice and call me names, it makes me want to walk out of here and never come back because it hurts my feelings. Let's talk about this and figure out a better way to handle things. Now, Having said that, because I've had this happen too, sometimes you do tell the person that. You let them know how it makes you feel. You ask them not to do it again, and they keep doing it. Yeah, I've had that happen too. At this point, it is deliberate because you've told them, and they are choosing to do it. And so what you may have to do is start pulling back from the relationship. Again, I've, I've been there, done that. Next is don't let things escalate. Your first tendency may be to lash out and get back to them just what they give gave to you. But remember, this is not the fun part, but it's true. You're not responsible for their behavior, but guess who you are responsible for? Yours. So give yourself time to calm down. And if someone is being just rude and thoughtless, be the bigger person. This is really important at places like work, because you're going to have to be with that person. They're there in your department. You can't avoid them. So if you start this war with them, it's just going to end up being uncomfortable for you and for them and for everybody. So try not to let things escalate. Try to keep them calm down. And then the last one is be a good role model. Learn to keep your cool. Sometimes people are deliberately trying to provoke you. They want to get a reaction. So don't let them. Don't give them what they want. Remember that other people are watching you. When I was in high school and college, there was a saying going around. I know this dates me, but there it is. And it was, you may be the only Bible that some people ever read. And it is true. People are watching you, even if you're not aware of it. They see how you act. They listen to the things that you say, and they draw conclusions from that. So just be aware that 
you are an example, whether you want to be or not. You get to determine get to determine what kind of example you're going to be. So there are a lot of benefits toward being kind. I was kind of surprised when I looked this up. I knew some of them, but I didn't know all of these. Being considerate, helpful, and thoughtful. These are the core qualities of kindness. People who have these qualities improve the lives of people around them. And in general, we're going to explore this in a minute, they enjoy better health themselves due to the biological changes that occur because of being kind. Oh, this was so interesting. So studies show that simply witnessing acts of kindness can have positive effects. Kindness can increase self-esteem, empathy, and compassion. It can improve mood. Kindness can increase your sense of being connected to other people, which can decrease loneliness. It can raise your mood and it can enhance relationships in general. So if you are being kind, people want to connect to you. They want to have a relationship with you because you're someone they want to be around. Uh, This was so interesting. Physiologically, kindness can positively change your brain. That's amazing. Being kind boosts serotonin and dopamine. These are neurotransmitters in the brain that give you feelings of satisfaction and well-being and cause the pleasure slash reward centers in your brain to just light up. Endorphins, which are the body's natural painkillers, can also be released. So being kind makes you feel really good. I mean, there's a reason to do it if if for nothing else, because you like, who doesn't like to feel good? I don't know anybody who says, I don't want to feel good. I want to feel miserable. Nobody says that. So research shows also that kindness can be cardioprotective. It can protect your heart. It can decrease blood pressure and cortisol, and that directly impacts your stress levels. So again, it's good for you. One of the most important things that happens is that it can release oxytocin which is a neurotransmitter that promotes a sense of bonding. So again, you are doing this kind thing for somebody and your brain is releasing all these feel-good chemicals and it's doing good things for you as well as for them. There's also been some research looking at oxytocin and its effects on reducing inflammation. And inflammation, y'all, is really serious. It can trigger all kinds of things in your body. It's related to things like obesity, diabetes, cancer, arthritis. And so anything that you can do to reduce inflammation can make you healthier and feel better. All right, so some, some specific health benefits that kindness has. Helping others feels good. Kind of talked about it. It makes us feel better. It boosts levels of serotonin, oxytocin, and dopamine, which are the feel-good chemicals in our brain. Good for us, good for the other people. Kindness creates a sense of belonging and it can reduce isolation. One way that you can get that is to maybe find an organization like Habitat for Humanity and help out on a regular basis. You are plugging in to this network of people so you feel less alone, less isolated. You also are helping. You're being kind. You're doing something for other people and it makes you feel good. So look for opportunities like that to help out. One act of kindness can lead to another. Kindness can be very contagious and it can make the world a happier, better place. There was a commercial not too long ago, just a couple of years ago. Um, I think it was for an insurance company where it starts out with this one person doing something kind for someone like 
giving up their seat in the bus and somebody else watches that. And then you see that person do something kind for somebody else with someone watching them. And it keeps going like that. It That is how it works. Kindness can be very contagious. We've all seen it. When I see someone do something nice, it makes me more inclined to do something nice for someone also. Next, kindness boosts our immune system and it reduces our blood pressure. So we feel more comfortable and more relaxed and we're less likely to get sick, which is always a good thing. It reduces stress and anxiety. One study found that people who practice kindness regularly have 23% less cortisol in their bodies. This is the stress hormone compared to the average population. Y'all, 23%, that's a pretty significant amount. There was a study out of the University of British Columbia that monitored a group of highly anxious individuals, people dealing with anxiety. What it asked them to do is to perform at least six acts of kindness per week. That's not even one a day. After one month, there was a significant increase in positive moods, in relationship satisfaction, and a decrease in social avoidance in those anxious people. One act of kindness, small act of kindness a day, gave them huge results for them, not to mention how it helped the people they were being kind to. Kindness also increases happiness. Witnessing acts of kindness can increase our levels of oxytocin, the love hormone, which can increase our self-esteem and optimism and can even improve our blood pressure and heart health. I mean, I love that. That's just witnessing, watching somebody else be kind. We get that like secondhand benefit from it. And when we're kind and somebody watches us do it, they get a secondhand benefit. So a uh, 2010 Harvard Business School survey analyzed data from 136 different countries. They found that humans all over the world and from every country derive emotional benefits from using their financial resources to help other people, resulting in higher overall happiness. When we help other people, we feel happier ourselves. So about, I guess, a year ago now, I moved offices in the office building that I'm in. And I enlisted my family to help me move. And it was just going like from one office to another down a hallway. It wasn't a big of a deal, but, you know, I had a lot of furniture and stuff to carry and I got my brothers and their wives, and I think my son maybe was there. Um, and I told them, I will, we were going to lunch afterwards. And I, I said, I will pay for your lunch. And I did. I was happy to do it. And they were happy to help me. And they said, oh, you don't have to do that. It's fine. But within like an hour and a half, they had everything moved out, set up. I mean, it was ready to go. And they enjoyed it. It feels good to help other people. I was so grateful, but they got a benefit from it too. So it's a good thing. Kindness increases our energy. A study by the Greater Good Science Center at UC Berkeley found that about half of the participants in a study reported that they felt stronger and more energetic after helping others. Many also reported feeling calmer and less depressed with increased feelings of self-worth. I mean, those are good benefits to have. Kindness, I love this one, also decreases physical pain. I think that's amazing. Being kind releases endorphins, kind of talked about that a while ago, the body's natural painkiller. By participating in small acts of kindness and doing other things that also release endorphins like exercising, you can help your body fight pain more effectively. Y'all, 
Many of you deal with pain on an ongoing basis. Start doing something kind to other people regularly and then pair that with eating healthy or working out. And you may see a real significant decrease in the amount of pain that you're experiencing. Brother Shad, small acts of kindness, I love this one, often have a bigger impact than we think. So a 2022 study by the Journal of Experimental Psychology found that people who perform a random act of kindness tend to underestimate how much the recipient will appreciate it. So they did something nice to someone. They didn't think it was that big of a deal. And they they said in the study that this misunderstanding can hold us back from doing nice things for others more often because we don't think it's that big of a deal. So in the in one experiment of the study, participants were given a cup of hot chocolate on a cold day at a skating rink, and they were told they could keep it or they could give it to a stranger as an act of kindness. The people who chose to give their hot chocolate away were asked to guess how big of an impact do you think that had on the person who got it on a scale of one to 10, with zero being not much impact, 10 being a very high impact. Then the recipients, the people who got the hot chocolate, were asked to rate the impact that the gesture had on them using the same scale. In the experiment, and that and all others that they did in that study, the people performing the act of kindness consistently underestimated how much that act was really appreciated. When I was growing up, one of the things my mom said all the time was, if you are thinking something nice about someone, tell them. It can make their whole day. It can make their whole week. And she was right. Absolutely. Mom was an amazing encourager. She just did it naturally. She was so good at it. Um, and then there was a story huh, of kindness. I still kind of get a little shaky when I remember this one. Um, when I was growing up, my parents were missionaries in Mexico and we were in Merida in the Yucatan Peninsula and the houses back then, I don't know if they still do, but then they had flat roofs because not many houses had air conditioning. So a lot of times in the evenings, people would go out and sit on the rooftop. Um, kind of did that, I think in biblical times too. I don't know if they still do, but so people would get up on the roof. It was a real common thing and you could walk around and play. So I'm the oldest of five and several of us were up there and we were running around playing well, I was probably about eight, I think, maybe nine. And my middle brother, Chris, was running and he kind of tripped and fell off the roof down a flight of concrete steps. And I could hear thud, thud, thud. And I screamed, mom runs out. And of course, my dad is gone. Uh, he was in the interior somewhere with... Uh, the pastor of our church, they were doing something with some of the other churches. We hadn't been there that long. So mom's Spanish is kind of shaky. Um, and plus we're in a hospital where, you know, they're saying all these technical things. She called our landlady, the lady who owned the house that we were renting. Her name was Donia B. And Donia B shows up at the hospital with several of her female relatives in tow. And they don't know us. We don't know them. And they, mom doesn't, like I said, didn't speak much Spanish. I they didn't speak much English, but they're sitting there. Uh, they're all Catholic and they're doing their rosary beads and praying for Chris. And we were, you know, Southern Baptists. And so it was a whole different thing, but it didn't matter. That act of kindness, of support, that just 
that meant so much to mom. And I think about it now from the perspective of being a mom, if that had been one of my boys um, and Chris was fine. He literally, there was like a, a crack in his head, like an, like an egg. Um, and it was very scary, but Donia B stayed there with us and was interpreting and helping and, and talking to the doctors. And, and it was just such a kind act. And I remember we knew Chris was better when the next day, I think my dad was back by then, he sat up in bed and asked if he could have some ice cream. We're like, okay, he's good. Um, But kindness can be, it can mean so much. And my mom and Donia B became really good friends after that. Kindness also can increase your lifespan. So the studies of Christine Carter, PhD, who is a sociologist, author, and senior fellow at the Greater Good Science Center at UC Berkeley, found that people who volunteer tend to have fewer aches and pains, and that people, I love this, aged 55 and older who volunteer for two or more organizations have a 44% less chance of dying early. 44%, y'all, that is huge. And that is after sifting out every other contributing factor, including physical health, exercise, gender, habits like smoking, marital status, and a lot more. So, I mean, that that's a pretty significant amount. And my mom had a, a pretty good long lifespan. She died early than she should have because she got cancer. But I remember at her story, people were just, all these people were coming up and telling me stories about her. And one lady said, I thought this was the most profound thing anyone said. I never heard Barb say a mean thing about anyone. And I thought, man, what an epitaph. That is so good. I don't know if anyone would say that about me, but I just thought that was that was great. And very typical of mom. I totally get it. Kindness can also lower levels of depression and anxiety, and it promotes happiness. I mean, seriously, who doesn't want to be happy? The only story I do have on that, I had a client years ago back when I was doing counseling. She had been depressed like her entire life. I think she was dysthymic is what they uh, diagnosed her as at that time. And they put her on Prozac and it was life-changing. I mean, she just started functioning again. And after I had seen her for a few times, you know, every time I would check in, how are you doing? Is, you know, all this going well? And at one visit, she said, well, I've cut my Prozac in half. And I said, have you told your doctor that? And she had, so that was okay. I said, why did you do that? Completely serious. She said, it was making me too happy and I couldn't handle it. And I tried not to laugh. Okay. So that is one time maybe somebody was too happy, but she had never been happy her whole life. Hadn't, didn't know what it felt like. And it was, it was just throwing her for a loop. Other than that, most people don't ever say that they are too happy. Okay. So let's look at some Bible verses on being ha- on being kind, because there are a lot of them. Acts 20, 35, I have shown you in all things that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak, remembering the words that Lord Jesus himself said, there is more happiness in giving than receiving. And that's a good news translation. And absolutely, you know, I've, I've shown all this evidence that it is, we do feel better when we give than when we just take, take, take. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. 1 Corinthians 13, a lot of you know this is the love chapter. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. 
It keeps no record of wrongs. And y'all, how many times have we done that? We're just mentally remembering. Okay, that's one more point against you. Love does not do that. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Wow. Then Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So again, you're not only helping the person that you're directing the efforts to, but other people who are listening and watching are getting a benefit. I said before, mom was a great encourager. Um, She was like the world's best. And one of the things that she used to do when we were growing up, I was like in high school or college, she would write us notes. And this was before post-it notes. So I know that really dates me, but there it is. She would just scotch tape them onto the the doorframe of our room and we would leave them there. And so these notes would be up there for weeks or months and our whole doorframe would have notes on it. And our friends would come over and look at these notes and say, who wrote these? And we'd say, our mom, because we just thought everybody's mom did this. It really wasn't until quite some time later that I found out, yeah, no, this was not typical. But um, so that made an impact on us, obviously. I know it had an effect on her and it really impacted our friends to see that this was the kind of feedback that we were getting. Micah 6 through 8, at Micah 6, 8, sorry. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. I love that verse. And I actually have this on a plaque that I got from Magnolia that's hanging in my office. It's a really good verse. First Corinthians, oh no, I'm sorry, Colossians 3, 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Some of you ladies will remember the story, A Little Princess, or it's a book uh, by Frances mm, Hodgson Burnett, I believe. And the main character is named Sarah Crew. She's in a boarding school. Her dad dies. She's just severely mistreated by the owners of the boarding school. But she always treats people well. She pretends that she is a princess in disguise, and she still acts kindly toward others. At one point, I mean, she's literally, they're not feeding her enough, and she's out running errands and cold, and she's freezing. She finds a coin right in front of a bakery, and she goes in and buys these bag of rolls. And I mean, she's ready to eat them all because she is so hungry. Right outside the bakery is this little beggar girl who literally is starving. And Sarah tells herself, I'm not starving. And so she ends up one by one. She gives all of the rose to the little girl, except she keeps one for herself. And I mean, that's just such a great example of acting in a kind way. And if y'all haven't read that book, especially if you have daughters, A Little Princess, you need to get that. It is a really good one. Then Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Sorry. Many of y'all are familiar with this, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Again, we should all be practicing these things. Next, Isaiah 54, 8. In a surge of anger, I hid my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting kindness, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. 
if we don't pass kindness onto others, lady, as God has to us, we're like that king who forgave his servant a very large debt. I looked up the story so I could read it. It's Matthew 18, 23 through 33. The kingdom of God is like a king who decides to square accounts with his servants. This is not the King James Version. I think it's the Good News Translation. As he got underway, one servant was brought before him who had run up a debt of $100,000. He couldn't pay up. So the king ordered the man, along with his wife, children, and goods, to be auctioned off at the slave market. The poor wretch threw himself at the king's feet and begged, give me a chance and I'll pay it all back. Yeah, like he's going to pay back $100,000. Touched by his plea, the king let him off, erasing the debt. The servant was no sooner out of the room when he came upon one of his fellow servants who owed him $10. He seized him by the throat and demanded, pay up now. The poor wretch threw himself down and begged, give me a chance and I'll pay it all back. But he wouldn't do it. He had him arrested and put in jail until the debt was paid. When the other servants saw this going on, they were outraged and brought a detailed report to the king. The king summoned the man and said, you evil servant, I forgave your entire debt when you begged me for mercy. Shouldn't you be compelled to be merciful to your fellow servant who asked for mercy? The king was furious and put the screws to the man until he paid back his entire debt. And that's exactly what my father in heaven is going to do to each one of you who doesn't forgive unconditionally anyone who asked for mercy. And I should have said at the beginning, Jesus was the narrator of this story that he was telling to the crowds. Wow. I mean, seriously, God has forgiven us so much. He has been so kind to us. We should be practicing kindness and forgiveness and mercy to everybody we meet just out of sheer joy and gratitude for all that God has done for us. And then the last verse I have is Ephesians 4, 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Again, we need to forgive each other. And remember when, I think it was Peter, I didn't look this one up, who asked, Lord, how many times should I forgive someone? Is seven times, you know, is, is that good? Thinking that Jesus was going to say, oh man, seven times, that's amazing. Yeah, that's really good. What does Jesus say? You should forgive seven times seven. I mean, it's a lot. So one last thing on the kindness is we need also to learn to be kind to ourselves. A lot of times we treat other people better than we treat ourselves. Now, I will say this is one issue I do not have. I'm probably too kind to myself. <laughs> I, I cut myself too much slack. But a lot of people really don't. They are just beating themselves up all the time. And y'all, that's not helpful. Here are some ways that we can do this. Don't be so critical of yourself. It is easy to spend a lot of time beating yourself up. Give yourself a break. When I had clients, when I was doing counseling, who I thought were really very self-critical and very negative, I would say, okay, I want you to tell me five good things about yourself. Y'all, I could tell you five good things about myself in like five seconds. I had people who could not think of anything. They couldn't. They're just sitting there going, uh, well, and they could not think of anything. That's pretty sad. Really learn to focus on some of your positive aspects if this is an issue for you. 
Be patient with yourself when you're trying to change and it's not happening as quickly or easily as you would like. Now I do, I do kind of do this one. Sometimes I get really annoyed with myself that I'm not being as consistent as I would like to be, or it's not happening as quickly as I would like it. Things never happen as quickly as I would like though. I have to say that. So I've kind of learned to back off from that, but cut yourself some slack. Give yourself a break. Practice good self-care. This is a really good way of being kind to yourself. Make sure you get enough sleep. Eat a healthy diet. Exercise regularly. I mean, have some fun things that you enjoy doing. This is something that God has been convicting me about lately, that he wants us to be happy. He wants me to be happy. He doesn't want me to just go through the motions and and you know, feel, uh, I don't know, like I'm just doing things because I have to. He wants me to enjoy my life. He wants me to be joyful and happy. And I've been reading in my quiet time lately, the book Happiness by Randy Alcorn, which is one of my favorites. I'm rereading it. I've read in the past. And it's just so good. It talks so much about that God is the originator of happiness, of gladness, of joy, our happiness comes from him. So that's a little off topic, but there it is. You're welcome. Some of the things that, that you may need to do in order to be kind to yourself is you may need to decrease or maybe cut away completely your time with toxic people. We all have toxic people in our lives. And I really firmly believe that we need to put boundaries on those because they can really affect us in a negative way. And you really don't want that. So if there are toxic people in your life, especially if they're like family or friends, learn to limit it. I mean, if they're calling you 20 times a day, at some point you may need to tell them, look, I just, I can't get to the phone that often because of my job. So, you know, I'll get back to you when I can and do it, but do it like once a day. You don't have to call them back every time they call or text you and just put some brakes on it. And you may even, this is kind of mean, but um, just tell them things like, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'll pray that um, God will help make that better for you. That's usually not what they want to hear anyway. And, and that's a good thing for you to do. So sometimes that will just kind of discourage them from contacting you all the, si- all the time. We need to remember that when we are kind, we're obeying God, We are glorifying him and we are reflecting his character. So when people look at us, they see God. Because of that, we need to look for opportunities to be kind and to help other people out. And y'all, it doesn't have to be anything huge in order to make a big impact. We can hold open a door for someone. We can give a compliment. Call a a friend who's been sick. I was, uh, I always remember this, I was in some event, a concert or sporting event or something. And y'all ladies, you know that when there's a break, the line to the bathroom is hugely huge. I mean, it just takes forever. So there was this big line, I'm standing in it. And I could see this lady had come back at the end and she was extremely pregnant. And the lady at the front turned around and saw her and she said, you can come get in front of me. I remember what that was like. And nobody in line said, wait a minute, she can't cut because we're all like, yeah, she should go. 
So being kind, that that's not a big thing, but I'm sure that the pregnant lady really appreciated it. I would have. Give someone a compliment. Remember what mom said. If you are thinking someone nice about someone, tell them it can totally change their whole day. Call a friend who's been sick. Check on them. See how they're doing. Tell a family member that you love and appreciate them. We kind of tend to shy away from telling people what they mean to us. And we shouldn't because what if something happens to them and we've never told them that those are the regrets that people have. Someone dies in a car accident and man, I never told them how much they mean to me. Don't waste an opportunity. And if you're embarrassed to do it face-to-face, write them a note, an email, and send them that. It will mean a lot. Say good morning and smile to people. Be an encourager. Give some of your stuff to charity that you're not even using anymore and the charity can use. Get to know the new person at work. Ask them out to lunch. Figure out what's going on with them. World Kindness Day is Monday, November 13th this year, 2023. Don't wait until November to start being kind. That's not what I'm saying. But just remember, I mean, it's a, it's a world day. We should all be doing this. It will benefit others and it will have a positive impact on you as well because kindness really does count. Okay, so all of the information, like the verses and some of these points, they're going to be available in a Word document, well, PDF file, in the uh, taking, care of your, taking Care of Your Temple Facebook group. You can find it in there under files. Okay, some fun facts about Waco, or a fun fact about Waco. There is an event coming up. I didn't make the name. This is just what it is. Badass Texas Half Marathon 2023. So they are going to be having a half marathon, a 10K run, and a 5K run. They're going to be running along the Brazos River, through Cameron Park, East Brazos Park, Washington Bridge, with all kinds of really amazing views and hills. It's going to start at the Waco Running Company Saturday, May 27th. I know this because my son is running in it. So I will probably, oh, that's for registration. I'm sorry. The event is May 28th. That's right. It's on a Sunday. And I'll be standing there watching David run. They are going to have a uh, barbecue and beer thing after the run and different prizes and different fun events. So if you are looking for a run to participate in, that would be a good one. Okay, so along with this podcast and running Reiko Hypnosis Center, I am available for public speaking. And if you're interested in having me at an event, you can contact me through my website, www.drmelissarich.com, or you can email me at info at drmelissarich.com. Y'all, if you enjoy this podcast, I would really appreciate you doing one or all of the following. Write me a review a good one because, hey, this is amazing. Or share the episode on your social media or follow my podcast. That would be great. I'm working on building up my audience. I'm getting better at social media. Still not my, you know, very best thing, but I know that some of you guys are amazing at social media. So any help that you could give, I would really appreciate it. That is it for today's episode. I look forward to seeing you next week. This is Dr. Melissa Rich from Taking Care of Your Temple podcast.